Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps, and for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 161 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on March 15th over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at the letters from a renegade lore book. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 Next up, we have our own master social media, the one and only Green-Eyed Music Lover. Green, I hope you're doing well. How's the week treated you so far? It's good. I've got Thorn, and I'm using it, and I don't care if you don't like it, Dredgen haters, because I am here to stay. I forgive you. Oh, in other news, I'm also moved into my house, and things are going well there on in the real life, so... Yeah, it's been good. That's, it's been a good week. It's always good. You're not you mm-hmm. you have power. That's that's good. Yes, and hot water. Yeah, I am that's going even to brag better. On, even better. You know, I'm going to brag on my wife cuz she deserves all the bragging on. We uh moved we got the house on like February 28th and then moved in about a week later, but we had done work the that weekend after the 28th, which I think was a Friday or a Thursday or whatnot. We did work that weekend. And tore out carpet and painted and all that stuff. And then we moved in the weekend afterwards. Well, we accidentally clogged up our uh, sensor on our water heater. The sensor that uh, lets the water heater know that there aren't any flammable substances. Oh, no. So the water heater automatically shut off because we clogged it with paint. And we didn't know about it for a week. We had hot water for a week, um, surprisingly. And now, granted, we weren't here the majority of that week. But... Uh, my wife was super clever and thanks to a man named Frank, if you ever listen to this podcast, thank you very much. You saved our butts for a few days while we were waiting for the part to come in because he figured out a way to trick the water heater into thinking that the sensor was working by putting the two, um, uh, essentially the prongs that go into the sensor into a bowl full of water, <laughs> closing the circuit and letting the, letting the water heater work. This was Yay. a whole thing for a few days. So thank Yay, you, Frank, tricky. wherever you are. <laughs> you are my hero. Acceptable. Completely acceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
And just real quick, I did want to give a big shout out to uh, the, everyone who's kind of weighed in on the listing of all the light bearers that I've been putting together. Uh, for those of you who are interested, I'll include a link in the show notes over on the Lore Network uh, website. But uh, it's basically, it's a, I think we have about 170 names so far. Um, it's a ton of work that you've done on that, by the way. Well, and I think it's, I think it's, I've got, I've been told that a lot of, oh, I got, I got messaged today, actually. It was like, this is something that I need. I didn't even know I need. And I was like, mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, and that's really what I, I was, I, I was looking at stuff and I was seeing all this stuff and I couldn't keep track of ghost. Actually, that was the, that was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back as far as me putting together this was I got tired of trying to remember who, which ghost went where. Um, mm-hmm. and so I started putting together and right now I have all, all the light bearers that we know of from the lore. I have their classification, if they're alive or dead or unknown, uh, any titles, the ghosts that they have with them, if we know their name and, you know, gender designation, race, gender, uh, affiliations. So like if they're listed as, you know, let's do shadows of your, for instance, it's going to be one that we'll talk about tonight. Um, and then I also threw in a little bit of extra notes as well. So if you guys could, Oh, and I just got done linking all of this back to uh, confirmation on Ishtar, which big shout out to Uni also on that, because there's a, there's a very specific syntax that goes along with Ishtar search uh, parameters and I finally got Uni to kind of lift the lift the veil a little bit, and I figured out how to how to chain together some stuff to make the search parameters a little bit nicer for this particular oh, nice. thing. So, um, yeah, definitely definitely give it a gander if you're at all interested in it. And if you see something on there that's incorrect, the link that I'm gonna sh- that I've been sharing, you have the right to comment on it. Um, so definitely, definitely let me know. Or if you, if there's something on here or something that's not on here that you're like, Hey, it would be really nice to know X, uh, give me a, put a comment on there and I will start, I can, you know, try to backfill that. Um, but yeah, so really big thanks to, you know, gosh, man, it's probably a good couple dozen people who have, who have chipped in both through Reddit, uh, Ishtar's commons, which is their forum over there. And then the Discord server ourselves, but uh, big, mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, big thank you, because uh, you guys are helping make that even better than what I was hoping for. Um, I am also putting together a similar document for all the codes, which will not be applicable really this week, but you'll start kind of picking up on them with the book that we're going to be talking about next week, which is The Stolen Intelligence. I've started archiving uh, the values and the like the acronyms that we've seen within game, uh, the call signs of the hidden and the VIP listings of the hidden, uh, just in case we start getting more of those in the future. That way we have a base to kind of work with. Uh, so I'll, I'll probably share that once it kind of gets, it's, it's really rough right now, but once it gets a little bit more polished, I might share that as well with everyone. But, uh, again, just really big thank you for everyone who kind of weighed in on, on different aspects and, you know, and fact checked me. I really appreciate that. But, Mm -hmm. um, green, did we have a question for this one? Not no. Um, with the move and everything happening, I have blanked on it two weeks in a row now, so I am sorry to the community on that front. But there will be a question for stolen intelligences because that's just too good of a topic to to totally blank out about. Well, so. and stolen intelligence has a man, that one's gonna be a fun one. That one's gonna be tangent city. Um mm-hmm. oh, real real quick, the whole list of light bearers also 
was Doom for Zombies' fault because he made a comment <laughs> about it. Um, so that plus my frustration at not being able to connect things kind of was the the push over the edge. But so yeah, th- sorry about okay. that, Doom. He's in chat right now, giving me grief about it. But yes, Doom Doom was a big part of what kind of started me down the 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 insanity there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. all right, so let's run through intros real or not intros. Wow, let's run through our intro notes real quick, and then we'll get right into it. In our last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed a general exploration of the reef. If you enjoy the show, please be sure to rate and, if you can, leave us a written review on iTunes or comment on the episodes on Podbean or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help continue to expand the FFC family, which allows more and more perspectives to be heard. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a gathering place where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within game lore, with a special focus on the Destiny universe. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content that covers a number of different titles and mediums. This will also be the new home for the Focus Fire Chat episode note archives and articles going forward. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the Stolen Intelligence lore book. However, as always, please be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. With all this being said, here's Green with a high-level summary of tonight's topic. We must each walk our own path find our own way, every step forward unique to the lives we've led, the choices we've made. Yet we're connected, all of us, by choice, by consequence, by random luck and those steps taken and decisions made. Our individual lives shaped by the person we were, the person we are, the person we claim to be, the person we hope to be. The stages of our singular existence or so we tell ourselves, lost as we are in our own stories. In truth, there is no I in singular existence. Never has been, never will be. You, me, your fire team and friends, your allies and enemies, all lives move with, collide with, other lives, for better or worse, to form the whole of a lifetime. Letters from a Renegade gives us insight into the growth of a character that until D2 is more myth than man. The man with a golden gun, the hero of Dwindler's Ridge, the hunter with many names, Shin Malfur. His character development within this book paints him as having more depth than the White Knight that we knew in D1, instead showing that his own path treads the line of what some would consider light and dark. Why do we care about him? Because, Guardians, his story directly impacts yours. Before we jump into the information and thoughts the community had about the letters, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore.
And this week for the Lost Lore, uh, we have something that's been kind of um, creating a schism, if you will, in the, in the community. <laughs> and it's not a bad schism necessarily. It's it's a it's a choice that we have been. Well, it's a choice of allegiance, if you will. Uh, and I think that this week I wanted to actually kind of dedicate the Lost Lore segment to talking about the, that particular allegiance quest because it is actually really relevant to letters from a renegade. Um, and it's, I mean, there's there's actually quite a bit of relevance to a lot of these different pieces. Next week it's going to be relevant, uh, which we'll, I'll, I'll call a, uh, explain more next week why it's relevant. But um, Green, I'm going to actually let you go first. And just which I, I I know which one you chose, but which which allegiance did you choose for this for this season? Pretty sure most of the internet knows which allegiance I, mean, I chose at this I mean, point. Um, Dredgen Green. I mean, yeah, it's I chose Drifter, not surprisingly, partially because of my love of the game mode Gambit, but also because I, as far as lore wise. Um, tend to agree more with some of his, not necessarily with his methodology and why he's doing it, but more so in the fact that he's still giving you the option to have hope and to hope for other things and to move forward as a guardian in the way that you choose to. He doesn't mind that you have your own thoughts, which granted, there are, are, uh, what is it, Auror, however you, I don't even Uh, know how you pronounce it. Wait, oh, the warlock? The, mm-hmm, the Van Anora. I think it's an I can't remember if there's an A at the end of it. Oh man. And I think it's Anora. I don't think there's an A, but uh I don't think there is. Anora, Anora Mahal. Just, I just dislike having my ability to choose taken away from me. And it's very much I also hate it when authority tells me what to do. So that did not sit well with me. So I chose Drifter mainly because of that. But yes. So you so you chose to to follow the drifter for hope. Yeah, sounds weird. Which is but... re- which is no, which is really funny because the drifter is Dredge and Hope, um, mm-hmm. which makes the comment that he gives you at the end of the whole thing even better when he talks about mm-hmm. how there is no hope. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, on the flip side, I chose the Vanguard and the Praxix. Uh, mostly and actually pretty similar to what green was just saying for drifter was very similar to my, like my decision point for them. Uh, I agree a lot with the praxis on how, and we, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, I, I agree with the praxis and their approach to protecting the city and humanity. Um, and I also really, I actually really liked both sides on how they concluded the allegiance quest oh, because yeah. both sides um came at this uh, like the the drifter side came at it as a reactionary you know don't tell me what to do kind of thing and anor and the vanguard kind of came came well anor <laughs> came at it as you know she's from the praxic order they they view drifter as a a dangerous ent- entity uh, because he's associated with Dredgen, he's associated with the Shadows of Yore, which you know we will get into a little bit, but not a lot. There's there's so many spoilers with the Shadow of Yore, mm-hmm. um, and I've gotten yelled at because oh yeah, by the way, the the Lightbearer list that you that I mentioned, spoiler alert. Sorry, I should have mentioned that before um, because I'm really bad about keeping information time gated that I don't think is time gated. Um, 
So, you know, whatever. Uh, spoiler alert, if you go into that list, there's a bit of information about stuff. Anyways, because of the association with Drifter with the kind of the darker aspect of the light and of the Guardians and Risen and all that, um, the Praxic Order kind of had a bone to pick with him. And but at the end of it, what was really cool is watching how the information as we as you know, if you're on the uh, Vanguard side, as you uncover more and more information, if you pay attention to what all the lore cards are, as you uncover them, you can see this transition from a a uh, a judge and jury and executioner type approach for for Anor into a more and, and she she's very logical she's like okay this is what's actually going on this is the truth this is the facts that are coming in and as such she transitions from this attacker into someone who is not necessarily happy with having him around because she still doesn't agree, you know kind of like what green was just saying doesn't agree with the methods being used but understands that it is an opposing philosophy that is actually a viable philosophy um and ikora actually calls this out again in uh we'll talk about this next week as well because ikora calls it out specifically in stolen intelligence um and says that you know just because we don't agree with the philosophy doesn't mean that we need to squash it um now that's different than you know the dangers of a a shadow or a guardian who has fallen in into the darkness drifter is significantly different and uh if you have the chance i would recommend go and read uh the book uh man with no name because that does a really good job of kind of explaining why drifter's a little off kelter uh, it, it starts to explain that there's there's a lot of other components within that that process mm-hmm. for him, but his entire thing is based around certain events that happened during the Dark Ages, um, and it's a very 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 interconnected story as you get as you start uncovering things. Uh, it, it involves Sagoth, it involves the Iron Lords, it involves the the death of a child. Um, not pretty- hit. He asks Ephrodite to dance and nearly gets a dance with her, which is hilarious. I love Mm -hmm. that that whole thing where he is like, what did you say? (laughs) Would you like to dance with me? Oh, okay. No, no. (laughs) I love that. Um, But yeah, he's like, I I really like how they present Drifter as a as this this entire Allegiance quest has made Drifter even more of a a three dimensional character. He, He is he is arguably a little bit more sympathetic he is more like there there is an easier way to see where he is coming from and even though you might not agree with where the way he is approaching it it makes sense and i like how from a vanguard from from those who chose vanguard as that information gets uncovered and revealed the decision to exile or to kill drifter changes and it becomes right. one of grudgingly accepting him as part of the tower population. Um, I really appreciate that because, again, Green and I were kind of talking about this before show, is I love having games in which choices are a big deal. But I also love games in which they allow you the freedom to choose multiple times where to go. So what I mean by that is, like, I chose Vanguard this time. If we have another choice in, you know, let's say season of opulence, which is the next season, uh, if we if they if this starts to be a thing where you have one or two choices a season that kind of impact how the different NPCs react to you, I would like to see 
the not the choice made this season not necessarily completely impact the choices that we have available to us next season uh you know just because i chose to but just because my guardian chose to ally with the vanguard this season doesn't necessarily mean in another situation that he would do the same and i think that would be really cool to see now green i know and i don't want to put words in your mouth so please correct me here if i'm wrong but i know you were saying you know the the problem there is that sometimes if they overdo that then your decisions don't seem to have uh weight Mm -hmm. to them is that is that an accurate that is, it is, and I think that I, I totally agree with your thing. Your your saying that the consequences of our choice now, like it should not hold so much weight that we cannot change our path necessarily. Like you should always have the ability to change your path. That's the whole point of playing an RPG, in my opinion, is to have the decision and be able to make those choices. But the consequences of this decision so far only t- seem to fall into the you don't get all the lore portion of it mm-hmm. and you and you had the praxic order a little miffed at you for a while and that's if you choose drifter side fyi right. i don't know if everybody would necessarily know that right off the bat is if you choose to go with drifter you will not get the whole uh anor book the warlock anor yeah yeah you don't get i think you miss i think it's the scenes parts i think you still get all the letters from anor but there's yes. three scene cards that you get if you're if you choose vanguard and those cards are actually really important because they show the transformation that yes. i'm talking about so if even if you did choose like even if you chose the drifters side i would recommend going and read them and we'll, we'll uh you know we'll probably mention them if we ever get the chance to talk about the warlock anor we're definitely going to read them at that time. Um, but I would recommend, you know, if at the end of the, uh, once you've completed the allegiance quest and everything like that, go back and read the full book because it really does show you what I'm, what we're, what we're kind of talking about here is that transformation of a character, which is always amazing to see is that growth. Mm-hmm. Um, now here's be, the, here's okay, the go for it, fun. It's like, here's the fun thing about having those pages missing and not seeing that from a role playing perspective your character has heard Drifter. If you choose Drifter, your character has heard Drifter basically kind of rag on this warlock for a while because the warlock, he basically mentions, hey, I left these letters for you. Well, if you're in the Vanguard side, um, these letters, these recordings are not um, listed as recordings necessarily initially. What are they listed as? Bombs? From the Vanguard side, blue. Yeah. So the transcript is the one without kind of getting into it too far. Um, basically, they have there's a there's a, a step a quest step in which you plant bugs in the annex, and mm-hmm. then you go and you rec- like basically record everything. Um, and then one of the conversations that you pick up is. Drifter is kind of talking in, you know, Drifter in Drifter speak, if you want to air quote it around there. Um, and he mentions a couple things that sound like he's talking about blowing the tower up, which is mm. a which that that part is what it's like. It's uh, it's like uh, your intelligence networks when they have a public trans, you know, in the public communication, there's keywords that will trigger uh, notifications to be flagged. Um, mm-hmm. it's exactly that it's that's that's what it is is there's there's a certain there's like certain phrases that he says he's like we're gonna blow this wide open i can't remember exactly but it's like we're gonna yeah. blow this wide open and it's gonna be a really big you know you know 
not explosion, but he's like, you know, it, it's going to blow things open and all this stuff. And uh, it it legitimately, if you read it and you're like, okay, okay, I can see where like if you if you're not standing there and it, depending on how you say this, it can totally be misread as, oh no, this guy's a terrorist. Like he is going to blow up the tower if they don't give him, you know, whatever. And so then that then leads to, um, that leads to not really a confrontation, but a exploration of other things because then they start thinking, oh no, because he has the, the, uh, derelict. No one knows what's going on on the derelict because no one's really allowed except for the people who play Gambit. And, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously the Praxics are not playing Gambit and so they're not really welcome there. And the Vanguard's not really playing Gambit. They're not, like, no one who's not playing Gambit is not welcome, really. And so they don't know, like, does he have an arsenal of weapons? What is this giant thing that he's drawing behind him? Which, you know, we, we found out to actually today what it is. But like, you know, like they don't know any of this stuff. And so when they see that conversation and they have this giant mystery vehicle floating around, they're like, I mean, understandably, they're kind of like, uh, what? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah, so like, I think, again, I just wanted to kind of set aside because I know it is kind of a, a hot topic right now with everyone having this allegiance quest going, uh, the choices, like, and I think choices are really a good segue into, you know, this entire war book, which is a a series of letters from Shin to our, our guardian. Um, and really it's kind of a, a, an opening, if you will, uh, to some really big revelations in a, in a later book. Uh, but it does really kind of start setting the stage for those revelations. So there's there's a lot of foreshadowing. Um, I will I will do my best to not consciously spoil anything. Yeah, it's um, gonna be a little tough. It is a little tough because I, it, yeah, it's a little tough. But I will do I will do everything I can to to not spoil it. Um, but I will say that there is a lot of foreshadowing in this book. There is a lot mm-hmm. of setup in this book that ultimately will make a lot of sense when the the big revelation happens. Uh, which, mm-hmm. which, if you are if you're reading the lore drops on Ishtar, they are available. Uh, it's not like time gated or anything. it's not like Truth to Power or um, what's what's the one this season? Is it Dust? That was mm. uh, is it Dust? Or- I don't. There, there's there's Dust another is one. just fully available. It's the uh, Asadus one. Yeah, no, okay. that one's also fully available. Is it? Okay. Uh, or no, no, it was I... Warlock and Nor. It was Warlock and Nor. Yes, that, that it was, was the, the one. That, okay, so the one that just got okay. available. Okay, sorry. Um, okay. So, so Truth to Power is still the one that's that's locked out. Um, Correct. It's not. It's not like that. Uh, they are technically available in game. I don't know. I believe that most of them have been already found. Uh, if they haven't, I think it's a matter of probably just locating them. It's it's not been marked as that. So it's not a matter of mm-hmm. you know violating anything like that. Uh, I would encourage you to go read it. You know, Ishtar has them all in really good order and format. But uh, basically, this particular book, Letters from a Renegade. What its purpose is, is that it poses basically an ultimate question for us to consider as guardians. And that question is, who do we claim to be? Who do we hope to be? And more importantly, have we stopped to consider how ripples of that choice, those, that the consequences of those that action 
and our answers to those questions, how do they affect those around us? Both, you know, and the reason why he he's asking, Shin is asking this, is because this is very important to consider, not just because of what Shin knows is and all that, but also because this is what's going to set our guardian and us apart from the guardians who have fallen on the wayside. Um, this book has nine or nine, six letters. Uh, they are an introduction to consequence uh, for fear of the conquering hero, a fire inside something new, echoes followed by silence and a gift and a touch of gray to kind of give you an idea of where we're kind of heading with that. Uh, Green and I had talked about this before, but I think what we're actually going to do is we're going to read each one of these and then kind of just break down a little bit of like our, I guess our summary of that particular entry. Uh, mm-hmm. Green, do you want to take the first one or would you like me to take the first one? Uh, I think I I think I can go ahead and take the first one. The one thing I do want to to preface this though is that i think we should at least talk about who shin is before we get into the book i know i know we haven't we've done episodes on him we've done episodes on dwindler's ridge but for people who may not know that story as much it may not be a bad idea to do a quick breakdown of who he is and why we even care about him at this point does that seem fair that is entirely so uh, Shin Melfer is a character from D1 that we never actually saw in-game. Um, the only thing that we had was the lore about the story of Dwindler's, Dwindler's Ridge, which is this the showdown between uh, Dredgen Yor and Shin Melfer. So Shin and Yor, there's a whole history between the two of them going back towards uh, Shin's apprenticeship, essentially, with Jaren, Jaren Ward. and Shin is, ends, ends up seeing Jaren killed by Dredgen, or killed by Yor, and then takes up the mantle, takes up the gun that Jaren had, which was the last word, and ends up killing Yor years later after tracking him down. That's the Cliff Notes version. There's a lot more that goes on in that story. There's a lot of um, heartache and sad. It's a very interesting Western-type story, but... That is the cliff notes of who Shin is. Shin is the man with the golden gun who hunts dredgens at this point, as far as what we know. Um, he is the kind of has almost a vendetta out back as far as like what we know in D1 and the beginning of D2. So that being said, we're going to start in an introduction to consequence. This is the book from Letters of a Renegade, Letters from a Renegade, which is Renegade is one of the titles that Shin takes on as he's hunting the shadows. And this one starts with, We must each walk our own path, find our own way, every step forward unique to the lives we've led, the choices we've made, yet we're connected, all of us, by choice, by consequence, by random luck, and those steps taken and decisions made. Our individual lives shaped by the person we were, the person we are, the person we claim to be, the person we hope to be. The stages of our singular existence, or so we tell ourselves, lost as we are in our own stories, in truth there is no I, no singular existence, never never will be. You, me, your fire team and friends, your allies and enemies, all lives move with, 
collide with other lives, for better or worse, to form the whole of a lifetime. Lifetimes? It took me a long time to understand this. None of us are alone. I call this the first understanding. It's a bit of an inside joke, but I think maybe you get it. In fact, I'm quite certain you do. That's why I'm writing you. That's why after, why now, after a life removed from the bigger picture, I'm risking everything on, I am on a simple bet that you are different, that you are better than me, than them, than those who would tempt the dark. This is what I want, need you to understand. Your path is not your own. It is shared. It has an impact. It carries consequence and creates wake, both obvious and unseen. And the path you're currently walking is concerning for yourself, whether you see it or not. More importantly, for others, for those you may, those you will influence. Collisions yet to come, new paths unimagined, collateral impacts beyond the narrow view of your own life. Have you ever considered this? I ask not to sway you. You find your, you will find your own way, and I will hold off judgment until judgment is necessary. I ask because we are not at our best when considering the fallout of our intentions. Or I ask because we are at our best when considering the fallout of our intentions, good or bad, grand or small. That's all I'm after, here and now. Your consideration of the deeds left behind and deeds yet to come. Who do you claim to be? Who do you hope to be? And how do the ripples of those answers expand to touch the lives around you? Think on your life and your actions and continue ever forward. I will help where I can with knowledge gained from a life hunting the very dangers you tempt. And though we'll never meet, our paths crossing crossing at a distance as we each seek to confront all that drives us. From this moment on, our lives will never be the same. My name is Shin Malfur, and I believe you, Guardian, are the hope I was told a lie. Shin. It's definitely an introduction and a call to uh, consider, to reflect, which I think is probably, this is probably my favorite card in the whole book, honestly because of that um i think the other thing to also reiterate on this particular book is that this was the book that was taking place during the last word quest uh yes to kind of to kind of put it into context of when you know when this was being revealed to us as players this is where that is happening is it wasn't too long ago but it was before this recent uh, de- deluge of information so it wasn't in the season of the drifter it was actually uh season before excuse me black armory black armory season yes. of the forge the the ending of the season of the forge um so yeah and i mean again this kind of <clears throat> asked the questions you know have you can have you considered collateral impacts of what you are doing uh you know i think he describes it as how do the ripples of those answers touch the lives around you both kind of a, both consciously and unconsciously because it's that idea of like it's almost like idea of string theory Mm -hmm. Uh, everything is connected and everything ultimately you know there there are reasons why things happen in a particular way and and if you're aware of how those things are interacting then actually you can kind of see the bigger picture and that's it's almost like it's almost on the level of what we talk about when we talk with or what we're meaning when we talk about mara like it's a big it's it's a 50,000 foot view of what's going on like where when i do x what actually happens not just immediately but you know down the road uh mm-hmm. 
it's it's a it's an interesting concept not just for the player you know or not just for the guardian in the game but it's also like you know you can do this also with real life right uh it's it's a, a basic philosophy of you know thinking about the consequence of your actions like you know kind of thinking about do i need to do this or is this worth it you know will this hurt someone all that can all those considerations is kind of what he's talking about um and that's going to kind of be a you know that's going to be a driving message throughout the entire book here uh and he's going to basically in the in the next few uh letters he's going to use that underlying idea of consideration of actions but he's going to paint it in different lights he's going to change it and he's going to change the question to kind of make you start thinking about uh, you know, for this situation, did you think about what you were doing or did you just do it? You know, why did you do this? Was it, you know, he's he's pushing the Guardians to, or he's pushing the Guardian, I guess, to um, become more in tune with why they are doing what they're doing and is it the right thing to do? Not necessarily his opinion of the right thing. It's almost relativistic, but it's it's, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, right. what, what is what is your end goal here? What do, what do you hope to be? What are you hoping to bring out of this? And I think that's, it's an it's, interesting question. It's the don't just mindlessly kill and don't just mindlessly do these things. Consider your actions, consider your consequences. It's- yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, you know, in, <clears throat> in light of that, um, I think that kind of is actually a good segue into For Fear of the Conquering Hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for this, this is the second one. Uh, and it says, I knew a man once, some claim he was a monster, and I agreed for a very long time. Anymore, I refuse to honor him with the power of such labels imply. Monster, beast, others. Terror is meant to frighten, meant to weaken, meant to control. There are no monsters, only the broken and the misunderstood. Still terrifying, sure, but knowable, conquerable, unworthy of the power they possess. This man, clad in black and misshapen by the weight of his sins, professed to wield hope as a weapon, to offer it as a crutch, a beacon he saw as false promise. Nothing dies like hope, he'd say. And was right. The loss of hope stings like no other. But he knew something else, a truth he would not share, a truth muddied by his words and deeds and the grim menace of his presence. And that truth? Hope is eternal. It may fade, it may get lost in the pain and suffering of existence, but it's always there. Somewhere, hidden, maybe, in plain sight or far from view. This man, who craved fear, who inflicted its curse on all he encountered, once conquered the life or death game that would become your training ground. Seeing you and other guardians enforce your will over your fellow champions of light is reminiscence of the ease with which he was said to dispatch his rivals. But you are not his equal. None are. Not Lord Shaxx, not Commander Zavala, none of his shadows, or the new breed who wear his title like a badge of armor. Badge of honor. Dredgen means abyss. It's an ancient tongue, not human, not hive, just forgotten arcana, another layer of uncertainty and fear draped around a b- to provide comfort against his sins. It means nothing. It is a void, as is his path. And while you enjoy your victories and embrace the competitive fires of the crucible, I would ask you to reflect once more upon yourself. Do you find joy in the challenge or in the pain you inflict upon your enemies? Do you revel? in the thrill of facing your equal in combat and testing the limits of your might? Or do you take pleasure in the breaking of their spirit? 
Reflect on the answers you find. Seek yourself within the truth of your deeds. Are you a hero or are you a conqueror? One can harness the other, but the opposite is not true. For what it's worth, I see both in you. Shin. So, see, I actually like this card. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think, in the, and so this is kind of going back to that idea of um, that question, right? What do you claim to be? What are you hoping to be? You know, how are these? He's asking this in in light of when we, and he'll he'll even specify this like the next card too in a different different manner. But he's he's approaching it with a very what's called, what's usually referred to as a very Socratic method. Like he's he's asking questions and going around the subject instead of kind of lecturing at you. He is asking mm-hmm. you to involve yourself in this conversation. He's asking these questions to explore them with you to to make you answer them because by answering them, you're engaging into the conversation you have to, you have to engage in the conversation to actually learn from it. And that's the entire point. That's actually really why I I have gotten a lot of respect for Shin um, Mm -hmm. is because the approach that is taken in this book is very Socratic. It's very inclusive. It's very um, educational. Yeah. It's a teaching tool. It is. And it's an amazing application of that teaching tool. Uh, this is like this, this again, by, by not, he's not taking the Vanguard route of being like, this is what we do. You know, the speaker Correct. would do that. He's, you know, he's, he's treating you, he's treating the guardian as if they are fully capable of making their own choices, which, you know, to be fair, they, they are, they are completely capable of making their own choices. And he is treating them as if they are capable of making mature decisions. He's, I mean, he's treating you like an adult. And yes, the problem with that is, guess what? When you're an adult, the decisions you make have consequences. You can make wrong decisions. You can, you can make, and that's, and that's really ultimately, we're going back to the first one, an introduction to consequence. Mm -hmm. This idea that you have the right to choose what you want to choose. That is completely within your right. However, you also have the responsibility to take ownership of the consequences of the choice that you make. And that part is the part of being an adult, part of being a, you know, a grown-up, whatever you want to use. But that's the difficult part. And that's the part that, you know, where you see the comments from Aldrin about the, the quote-unquote godlings who don't have to worry about things. That's what Shin is trying to break us out of the mold of. The other thing he talks about in this one, and sorry for kind of interrupting. No, no, a no, go, bit, go for it. Go for it. Is that he, it's about intent. Yes. There's a lot in this card in particular about what is your intent? Do you find joy in the challenge or in the pain you inflict upon your enemies? So are you, do you just get the thrill of the, the contest? Or are you actually enjoying inflicting pain? Are you, do you revel in the thrill of facing your equal in combat? Is it friendly competition? Or do you like testing the limits of your might? Are you like trying to essentially crucible yourself, uh, forge yourself into something stronger? Or do you take pleasure in breaking others' spirit? So it's a lot about, you're walking the same path. And in this card in particular, he's talking about Yours, um, your was a master at the crucible. He and he had quite the reign in crucible, which we learned in D one with Thorn. And we anybody who had Thorn in D one also had quite the reign in crucible because it was a <laughs> slightly overpowered hand cannon at the time. 
but it was the, what was your intent? Were you using it to, as a way to better yourself or were you using it to inflict as much pain and basically be kind of that jerk emoting and dancing on your enemies and trying to break spirit, break their spirit as much as just win the fight for the fight's sake. There's so much about your in this card too, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. I also really, um, to kind of break the fourth wall a little bit too, I think that this card is really applicable in today with the events of yesterday, because I think it draws the idea of like giving, giving your the title of monster, giving the your the title of, you know, other, all that, that gave power to him. Like, like ascribing a title to him and, and giving him what he wanted, which was, you know, fear gave power to him. And you don't like as a, as a person who's living in a world, if you are, you know, f- surrounded by people like that, that's the last thing, you know, sometimes that's the last thing you want to do. You don't want to give them power. And so that's where I think right. it's an interesting introduction here is that Shin is a Shin is coming forth and saying, look, I believe that too. But you know what I realized is that by believing that, I gave him more power. Mm-hmm. So I stopped doing that. You know, it, it's context for that real quick. Yesterday was the attack in New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. There just was, giving. Uh, sorry. I yeah. completely. I thank you, Green. Mm-hmm. Um, just for future listeners. Yeah. There was. There was. Uh, I think uh, the last I saw, there was like forty-five dead. It, it, I mean, it's 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 a. It it's was, a large number. It was a big deal. And it's, you know, it's absolutely disgusting, the reasoning why, and it's just not. But, you know, I think that seeing this and reading this right now, I, I really, it really strikes me that this, again, you know, there's, there's things that transcend video games, right? Uh, yes. That's one of the, that's one of the joys about doing what, what we do is that sometimes the lessons that are in the game for the characters are actually applicable to us as people too. And this is one of those things that I really think is applicable is that, you know, you don't, you don't want to give, you don't want to give those who do what they, what these people do the power. And that's what Shin is talking about with your, he doesn't want to give your power over him to be afraid of him. And so in his way, that is just another battle that he has to wage with himself almost. And so that's where, again, you kind of see the, the, the question of, you know, this is part of growing up. This is part of coming to terms with the consequences of your actions of, of understanding what it is that makes you do what you want to do. And what, what, what is the, you know, where do you find joy? And that's what green, you know, you were just talking about, like, are you a hero or are you a conqueror? They're, they, Mm -hmm. they're very close. They're very close to each other, but one of them, one of them can, you know, one can harness the other, but the other, the opposite is not true. Mm -hmm. And so are you a conquering hero or are you a heroic conqueror? That's a question that only you can answer. And that's what Shin is kind of, again, with that Socratic method, just kind of break the mold of just endless, endlessly following orders and think for yourself, which is why I find it so interesting that the number one reason that a lot of people picked Drifter was because, like Green was saying earlier, I don't like being told what to do. Mm-hmm. It's just, just well, interesting. Okay. As no, far I, as uh, Drifter goes. Yeah, no, 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 I know. I'm without, sorry. I, could, without, I could, without, couldn't help getting but, a dig in there. Yeah. I know. And as far as, and I will defend myself. And as far as Drifter goes, Drifter used to be a shadow. 
It used yes. to be a dread. Yeah. He, he no longer calls himself that. And we actually saw that in the Vidoc. So that is not a spoiler per se. Yeah. Um, and that was also the, the clip that was dropped today, I believe too. Wasn't it? I the think f- so. I th- the actual in, in game. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. I believe that was attached to the tier three reckoning. Yes. Yes, it was. But he, Drifter himself has actually gone through and asked himself some of these questions. And according to his his word, which granted, I don't trust as far as I could throw him. <laughs> um, ironically, he says trust a lot. Like he That's one of his new quotes mm-hmm. is trust, trust, <laughs> which is like, uh-huh, I don't. <laughs> but I know how to keep my friends close and my enemies closer kind of thing. Just the... I don't know. I, I, like I said, I don't agree with his methods all the time, but I disagree more with the lack. Drifter at least uh, talks to you like an adult. I don't like being told and not given any choice. But, yes, the new catchphrase, ding, and all the ding dings, dino and chat. <laughs> did you did you get to see some of the yes. uh, movies the of the movies week? Movies of the week, yeah. I, I still think uh, the Cade the Cade movie was the best though. I didn't see that one. You I don't shouldn't think. have accepted that latest update. Oh God! <laughs> you should go watch it. It's amazing. <laughs> I need to. There's. I need to watch all of them. There's some really clever ones out there. But you want to talk about the fire inside? The fire inside. It's. This is going to be kind of a continuation of um, him asking how what your intent was. And this one is going to, instead of being a um, hypothetical question, set of series of questions, this one's going to kind of dig a little deeper into things we've actually done. And so this was card three, a fire inside. How did it feel hunting the crow, tracking him through the tangled wilds of the reef, hunting the barons one by one, stalking the cutthroats who killed your friend? Was it righteous or pure anger? vengeance driven by lust for justice i know the feeling i know the sensation loss followed by a hole so big you can't fill it with anything but retribution i felt that hole twice first when everything i'd known was turned to ash i was just a child then no way of knowing when or if the pain would end a man jaren my third father helped redirect that pain give me purpose Taught me to hunt, taught me to survive, taught me about vengeance. I felt good, like a fire inside, or so I thought. In truth, the good was just a dulling of the pain, a covering up of the burden of my loss through the redirection of my focus. Why be sad? Why be broken when you can be angry? And so I was for a long time. After Jaren died, killed by the would-be monster in his weapon of sorrow, I hated him for a good while. I was alone again, lost. I had no direction. I felt abandoned. Just me and the hole left by losing everything I knew. The man who destroyed my life twice over, first the burning of Palamon, my home, then the murder of my mentor and father figure, still walked the wilds, but I was just a young man, angry and frightened. Vengeance and the fire inside me was a weight, not a comfort because I lacked the confidence needed to see it through. I spent a long time mad at the murderer who played in the shadows, at Jaren for leaving me, at the world, at myself for being lost, at Jaren's ghost for not believing in me, 
My anger defined me, as did yours, for a short while. What I wonder is, have you ever considered? Cade's death was not the origin of your recent aggression, but simply a catalyst for its release. That is possible this whole second life of yours has been driven by vengeance for the life you lost before your return as a guardian, for the world, worlds, lost to the the great collapse. Are you truly fighting to protect and reclaim, or have you been fighting this whole time to avenge? What are you fighting for now? Does your anger define you? If yes, if no, what are the consequences of either? Honestly, truly, ask yourself, what are you fighting for? And can you feel a fire, even a spark, welling up inside of you? This, uh, this card. <laughs> so, I tried to explain a little bit of the the story of Shin and Jaren and uh, Rezalizir slash Dredgen Yor. This is kind of a callback to it, this whole card. Shin was a child that was within Palamon, and Palamon was razzed to dust, essentially, by Yor. And then Jaren came in and kind of adopted him, taught him a lot of different things, and apparently taught him how to, in some ways, taught him how to hate and how to want vengeance, or at least didn't necessarily temper Shin until Yor killed Jaren Ward, and then Shin had a secondary hole set in, essentially, until Shin went after Yor himself. It's interesting to see him reflect now, because this is written really fairly recently, because it talks about Kate's death, talks about the events of Forsaken. So we know that Shin is around and watching us and contemplating what we're doing. It's interesting to see him really try to reach us so we don't necessarily fall into some of the same traps that he does. What do you think, Blue? I'm going to hold my thoughts on this one <laughs> because I'm trying to remember. Spoiler. Well, there, I mean, yes, to be yes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to see if I'm thinking of the right one <laughs> because I don't want to say something and not have it, not have it be something I talk about because I really don't want to. Oh my gosh. Is it in here? All these stories are starting to blend together. Yeah, that's the problem with reading them all so close. Um, is, uh, fun, fun, fun fact: Drifter mentions during the Allegiance quest that Shin is in the EDZ, and he's yes. not supposed to be there. Well, that relates to the thorn. It does relate to the thorn quest, which is why we even also get think the- about think about what the thorn caused, and it's a hint to where you'll find it. I'll let that one sit with people for a second. I'm having a hard time thinking what thorn caused blue. I, I, I mean, you, I already I, I have, sent you. I, I, sent have, you I, I sent you the message. I sent you the okay, message. Okay. Okay. You have okay. to sift. You have to sift through the ashes. Right. Oh, Where, that's there. Funny. You go. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I was like, wait, I already have it. I knew where it was at, but what is it? Called? Okay, gotcha. It's salt. It caused a lot of salt. Oh, you ruined it. It's not really a ruin. Yeah. It's actually even knowing that it's at that location, it's still kind of it's almost, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a it's bit hard of to a, find. It's a bit of a thing. To, is it? Is this the book where he talks about why Jaren was unable to kill Yor? Or am I thinking? No, of, no, no, okay. no. That's 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 All the right. thorn. So that's ah, that's what I was actually talking about. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> who 
read that book too. <laughs> I guess that's later. Um, when well, we do because, that book, we'll spoil the, the everything. Explanation, so, so the explanation that. here, the explanation here, um, is like it ties into what gets described with that whole event with regards to why Shin has the title of man with the golden gun. Um, that entire thing is very important with Shin. Shin is, is arguably the, the creator of the golden gun is kind of the, the assumption that is constantly being told by the other characters here. Um, the, uh, is it Anora? Anora, I think, is the one who makes the comment about he is the one who kind of like was first noted as being a crafter of a golden gun. Uh, mm-hmm. You there's there's scenes with Shin with with other characters where he has the golden gun and his golden I, gun is very unique. I don't think. I mean, if you're just literally going to say that. It's in the in that book that we shall not actually go too deep into. I know. I've tried so hard. Yeah. It's such um, a cool. He, it's so cool. So in the card I just read, a fire inside. He kind of alludes to the fact that it's it's a fire with inside of him. So the anger that he held towards your help helped him create essentially the golden gun. Yeah, Super. which is also if if you want to see an even better retelling of this particular showdown, the ghost fragments of Thorn and the last word from Destiny One have an amazing retelling of this of the showdown. Of the yes. showdown of the showdown specifically. Like nothing from- nothing really nothing really going on before and after, a little bit before and after. But the showdown it- itself is paramount in the ghost fragments of thorn and last word and it's and it, really is it, well done i'm trying to remember is it told from the perspective of shin or is it told is, in the perspective is, of a legend uh it is told from the perspective of shin as recounting events he 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 starts it off with eh this is mostly true and then kind of goes on from there which was kind of a you know a red flag back then too but it's basically he kind of goes he his his introduction to the entire story with the ghost fragment last word is that this is his recounting of the tale of Palamon and Jaron Ward and really it's probably going to be the closest to the truth because no one else who experienced is alive mm-hmm. which is like okay well Shen now buddy <laughs> that doesn't set up a lot of confidence in, in necessarily what you're talking about but. Um, it's interesting though. But yeah, so Which, like in in the in the argument here really is is I, like I I don't I don't want to say that Shin was the first with the golden gun because I I don't think that's necessarily true, but we do see repeated mentions of him being one of the one of if not the first document. Uh and when you see Shin or not see, sorry, when you read of Shin in other stories his his particular manifestation is unique um and it gets the a warlock anor has a particularly very cool description of that um but again yeah going back here the the way i kind of see this one is where uh the fear of conquering hero was centered around pvp a mm-hmm. fire inside is pve it's talking it about it- it's talking about the campaign of forsaken it's yeah. It's talking about our interaction with Aldrin. Did we hunt him? Why did we hunt him? Kind of thing. Which is something I think a lot of guardians have struggled with. At least I know I have. As far as like 
I've thought about whether or not my character was doing it just at out of um, justice or retribution or revenge or however well, you want to yeah and to say it also it. there's also the ever present argument of how did it actually end yeah because, did Petra pull the trigger right. did you pull the trigger did you did both, both pull, the, pull trigger? the trigger yeah yeah you know and so there's there's that whole argument too because to be fair we we don't know um which way you know which way that went uh so i mean that which i actually you know the more as infuriating as it is and still kind of is for me um i also kind of like it because that allows you to kind of put your own spin on your mm-hmm. character it's because it's your guardian you know you made the choice so what was the choice Right. You know, and maybe, well, you know, kind of would be really cool. I don't know if we'll do if they'll do this, but what would be kind of cool is like down the road, if there was an option to choose, like, was it you or was it Petra? That would be you know, interesting. Like retelling, like if you're like retelling it to Banshee or, you know, something and it's like it asks you, did you pull the trigger or did Petra? And that's, I think that's that choice would be I think that would be a cool choice item. That's kind of the thing that I feel about this whole allegiance quest thing is that you can, everybody has the reasons for picking what side, like my reason for picking drifter is very different than some of my clan mates. Issachal right. in particular just wants to just wreck havoc because that's Issachal, but <laughs> what? Um, no, Oh man, <laughs> she Lordy Lord, but you, you, your own personal opinion about the characters and about what your character chooses and why they choose it it's it's a clever bit of writing because it's yeah because it increases immersion it, yes it, it very makes, much so it makes it makes your character you because you you know it it's that thing that you know i i've said this before it's that thing that i love about rpgs is because it starts introducing the idea of like well what would you do in this situation and the cool thing about role playing is that you can make a choice and it really honestly doesn't have impacts in real life. Like I can choose, uh, I want to go with the drifter and I don't have to worry about the political ramifications of the real world in choosing to right. go with the drifter because I, you know, it, it allows you to play out different scenarios. That's the beauty of role playing. Um, mm-hmm. And in the same way, I think that it would be, I think that that is really a cool feature of all games that do this. Um, but again, I really, I'm actually now that I'm thinking about that, I think that would be a really cool choice point to whether or not to Petra see, or you or to, you both pull yeah, the trigger to kind of give give players, you know, the option of like, did you? I mean, maybe even if we ever encounter Aldrin, you know, that would be a, a point. oh, you know, Here's like the, I mean, I mean, what would you choose? I mean, yeah, I I would choose Petra. I didn't agree. Would, I mean, yeah, I didn't agree. You with didn't the entire, agree with. I didn't agree with it from the start. I mean. I did, well, I didn't agree with the. I I didn't have a problem with what was being done necessarily. I had a problem with the way that they presented it as us being pissed off mm-hmm. because because I understood and it's similar to my choice for Vanguard. The reason I chose it is not because I agree with the actions of the Vanguard. It's because of what it stood for. The protection of the city and the protection of humanity is more important than than in, in my in my personal opinion in the situation of the last city you are dealing with the last bit of humanity like there the importance of the survival of that is paramount it's one and of the prime- your dead orbit 
Uh, it is one anyway. of the reasons I am Dead Orbit because if you look at Dead Orbit, that is exactly what they're I'm just obsessed giving with. You grief. No, I know, I know. It's fair. It's fine. It's one of the biggest misunderstandings about Dead Orbit. But anyways, um, you know that that is like the big thing. And so for me, and and also the Praxic Creed makes a lot of sense to me. And again, mm-hmm. going through the going through the quest and seeing the evolution of the Praxics on their point of view, or at least a Nora's point of view also reinforce that, you know, they are truly approaching this from a logical standpoint. They are, they're looking at the facts. They are doing everything that they can to protect humanity in their own way. And in, in, I mean, I'm not saying that the practices are spotless. You have Ariana, you have Taiko, you know, they all made their own choices that, you know, mm-hmm. they had ramifications, especially Ariana. Um, but well, even Nora, yeah, even El Taiko, Taiko, we don't really have a lot of bad choices on Taiko's part, but she's not necessarily, yeah, anyways, she she's not as, she doesn't have a spot of, spotted of a record as Ariana, let's no, just put it that no, way. No, not at all. Um, But, you know, we have instances of, of human, like, in human, air quote, uh, fallacy there. And that's that's completely fine, but the overall goal is very similar to that of the dead orbit. Is that you know survival of humanity, protection of humanity. Um, and I, I kind of I just you know for me as when I play through my guardian, when I kind of try to feel like where that would where that would lie, I kind of that's kind of where I kind of stand. Is that I think that protection of the whole community is really important for this type of world. I think that's very important, um, which is actually why I didn't agree with the events portray- the the flavor of portrayal that the events in Forsaken took is I didn't really necessarily agree with the guardian my guardian being like pissed off to the point of ignoring everything mm-hmm. I don't have a problem I didn't have a problem doing what was done I didn't I didn't like the reason that was forced onto my character to do what it was done um but I I also know plenty of people who were completely the polar opposite you know i, I mm-hmm. yeah so it, it's just it's just you know that's just but i i just i would i would oh my gosh i would love to see like i don't know i just the more i think about that i think that would be a really cool like choice point and i don't like i mean you could <laughs> i don't know like i if i'm i'm just think i'm just thinking in my head you know if our guardian ever interacts with Aldrin as a guardian now, you know, or crow or whatever, he, whatever title he goes on, um, you know, like the interaction, one of the first things that you interact with is like, do you tell him or do you not tell him? And then what do you tell him? You know, like, you know, there's, there's a couple choices that you can make there. I, I think that would be right. That takes us to something new, which sounds like a wedding thing. <laughs> Sorry. My sister's getting something married blue? in like a month. Yeah. Something. So something blue is going to read something new, and I'm going to go get more coffee while he does so. Very nice. Very nice. All uh-huh. right. So something new is the fourth card. It starts off. I've hunted guardians. You know this. I've hunted guardians on the path you now tread. Not the same path, their own, but similar of a kind. Some have seen the error of their ways sooner than others. I'm not a murderer, but I have, when necessary, dictated a drawing of arms. I prefer the alternative. I prefer less finite measures, but I've found most who choose this life, a life in search of answers mired in shadow, rarely grasp the extent of their actions. Few reflect. Few actually understand. I've seen the damage done by those who would control the uncontrollable. I won't allow it to repeat. To the best of my ability, I will stand against the corruption and challenge all who let the whispers in. Yet here we are. 
you a guardian worthy of legend, dancing ever closer to the edge of an abyss, and I, one who stands against those who attempt such a fate. Yet I, for the first time, haven't moved to stop the music. This is something new. That you and I could share these words is something new. There's something in you, something about you. Not just bravery, I've seen that come and go. Not just might. The greatest fools I've ever known have also been the greatest warriors. You're curious, but your curiosity is not a weapon. It's a tool. And somewhere in there, in the merging of courage and might and curiosity, I see something worthy of a risk. So go forth, fight for the light, and challenge the dark. I will be watching with a hopeful heart. But no, should you overreach, should the consequences of the steps you take catch innocence in your wake, should your path veer blindly towards the perversion of your will and the whispers become your truth, I will be there to end it. And you, but you already knew I was going to say that. Understand, this is not a threat. It's just the way of things. Shin. I love it. the hunting. Mm -hmm. I love it. Like, he's just like, I just, I can't read that and not just be like, you know, it's very, um... John Wayne, like, just like, he's just, he's just like, he's just like, this it's is the way personal. it is. It's not personal, it's just, it's, it yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, look, dude, <laughs> if you, if you threaten people, I'm gonna shoot you. Like, it's just the way things are. Right. What's nice about this, though, is it's another acknowledgement of a, how our guardian in particular is different. Yes. I, and I don't, yeah. part of the thing that I worry about that is, is our guardian different because it's hard to say that our guardian is different because of all these different things that we've done, um, because there are other guardians who have done crazy and other things in general, Anna Bray, but it's the intent in which we're doing it. And the thing is, is it seems like Shin is trying to, he sees a glimmer of hope of <laughs> what our intent is. Yes, that, that was on purpose. Oh, I know, um, I know. It's, I mean, like, like he's, like he said right here, you know, he, he recognizes something that is worthy of a risk. Mm-hmm. He is, he is actively in the, in the same way. And I, I like this about this, this book is in the same way that he is encouraging us to look at ourselves and think about what is, what is driving this? Like, what do I want to bring out of this? How, how do my actions cause consequences? Like, what are the consequences mm-hmm. of those actions? He's doing the same thing for himself. And you can, you can see that in this. And that's what I actually really like about the way that this, this book was written, is that in the same way that he's applying these questions to you, you kind of get the sense that he is applying these questions to him. He's, he's open to the fact that this is a new experience. These things are not going to be black and white. There is a touch of gray in there. And, you know, that's where, again, we kind of get into, we get into this idea that he also kind of admits that this isn't something, he doesn't want to kill guardians. No. Like, he, 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 blank, he, he says that. He's like, I prefer the alternative. I prefer less finite measures. But <laughs> those who walk this path tend to not care. And when they don't care, that's when, you know, he's kind of that, he, he's kind of the vigilante that's there. And Oh, his, he's certainly the vigilante. I mean, right. I mean, but I mean, like he's, he's, um, which, oh gosh, so many things I want to say. Um, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's why sorry. I'm typing Guy, in chat. I know, I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, um, 
Uh, yeah, so he 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 says here that he prefers to not be, you know, this this murdering ghost who's hunting down in the shadows. But the 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 trade-off is is that if the shadows are going to cause damage, he's going to nip it in the bud. You know, he he's right. gonna he's going to he's going to curb that if he if he it, it's the, it's like a trolley problem, right? He's like if he knows that this is what's going to lead into a care. Like if he sees another dredge in your coming, actually it's not a trolley problem. It's the baby, baby Hitler problem. There you, there if you go. You, if like, you, if you, yeah, no, I, well, I mean like the trolley, I was thinking trolley because it's a bad choice either way, but it's right. also baby Hitler is also this situation there, but like regardless, um, sorry for those who don't know what the baby Hitler problem is. Um, <laughs> it's the idea that if you had the ability to go back in time to, kill, kill hitler baby when he hitler. was a baby when he was a baby you know baby hitler uh would you and the the moral implications of that choice like you know is our people predestined how do you know that it's you know like there's there's it's a huge philosophical argument in the same vein of the tro- trolley problem um but so shin here is pretty clearly answering his opinion of that that question because he's saying he would rather kill the guardian before they do damage when it and and i mean i see him kind of acknowledging that he's like look i don't necessarily want to but if it you know if it if it sounds like a duck walks like a duck acts like a duck occam's razor here guys it's probably a duck it's the you there's a certain threshold right you get to in his mind before he decides to pull the trigger on you and i think that and green, I know you kind of typed that, but I think that is a valid question, right? I mean, mm-hmm. because because he says here, he so he says, you know, uh, I prefer less finite measures, but I have found who most who choose this life rarely grasp the extent of their actions. Few reflect. Few actually understand. So that, to me, going back to the very first question that he asks, you know, who do you claim to be? Who do you hope to be? How do the ripples of those answers expand to touch the lives around you? I get the feeling that this is not this that question. That question is not unique to us. I get the feeling that this is a conversation that you know he legitimately tries to have, or or at least he's presenting it that way, right? You know, you mm-hmm. know obviously, obviously there's a bias here, and you know, I'll just get that out of the way. There is a bias here. This is Shin talking to us about what's going on, but I get the feeling that the, the implication here is that, you know, he tries to have these conversations with those who he has, you know, for whatever reason flagged as a threat, which is terrifying because that means we're flagged as a threat. Well, but I mean, he pretty much says that, right? He, I mean, he says I've hunted guardians on the path you now tread. Mm -hmm. I mean, but at the same time, he also, it says, um, he he I can't remember which book exactly, but he says your path is not your own, it is shared, it has impact. You know, right. like he the path that we walk is both unique and common ground. Because and this kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, Green, about what is the intent. You can mm-hmm. walk you can walk the same path as a person next to you and one person have an evil intent and one person have a good intent. And they're technically on the same path, but they're not mm-hmm. on the same path at the same time. And that's where I think Shin is trying to show, you know, like he he's trying to get a feel for where where are you? What path are you on? Are you actually on a path to darkness? Or are you are you walking the path of darkness in order to defend the light against that darkness? 
Are you very, walking the very, thin Yeah, edge. I was I was about to say it's a very razor's sharp edge. But and and to be fair though, that's also probably where Shin has in his mind, I get the sense that that's probably where the justification for his strong reaction comes from. It's mm. because when you're walking that thin of a line, the smallest misstep can mean a lot of damage. And you have to have fast reactions because if you're that far along that line, you know, again, by the time you realize something's off, you could potentially be talking about a lot of damage done to people who are innocent. Mm-hmm. And and that's not and he and you know, I get maybe I kind of get the sense that Shin is kind of he very classical vigilante. He kind of internalizes some of this stuff is the feeling I get. And so like if if something bad were to happen on his watch, I kind of get the feeling that Shin would be the type of person who would take that as a statement of him. You know, and that that's me. That's totally me projecting onto this character. I understand that. But when you talk about vigilantes, that's a very common trope within vigilantes is this this idea of protecting something from the bad the badness um you see that with like batman you see that with you know punisher even deadpool even in in their Mm -hmm. own ways these very violent i mean punisher is a a great example punisher in his own way wants to protect people now i also say that knowing full well that punisher's deter punisher's definition of protecting people is not pretty and it's not gentle and it's not necessarily always the best way. Right. Ultimately the intent is that he went through a lot of grief. He doesn't want people to go through the same stuff that he went through. And so in order to do that, he responds extremely violently because that's all he knows how to do. And I see that, I see that very similar in Shin in the way that he has seen the damage done by Dredge and Yor. He is he he knows firsthand the pain that has caused that. And usually the people who are usually people who are the most broken are the people who want to help people prevent that. The person who is hurting the most is usually the one that's trying to make everyone laugh. You know, mm-hmm. um, that makes me think of, you know, Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. Yeah. And so that's where I kind of I kind of see a lot of that psychological stuff going on in Shin. Now, again, that's me projecting a little bit on there or actually a lot on there. But I think to me reading this book kind of makes me want to double down on that feeling. Uh, also reading additional books afterwards makes me want to double down on that as well. But yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking also about the last word quest because that's when this book was essentially released with steps of the last word. Correct. Yes. <clears throat> so you're interacting with drifter to uh, purify a potential weapon of sorrow <laughs> which then turns into the last word and surprises everybody. Does it actually turn into the last word though? Or do you just, you summon the last word, you summon the last word. Yeah. So when you go to fight the weapon master of the hive, I can't remember his name. Uh, I want to say Enoch, but it's not Enoch, but it's something like that. It's an E word. It's similar. Um, Yeah. But he's, he is labeled as the weapon master. We're just a, He's he's a powerful weapon master of the hive who has the art like that's he's the one that had the scout rifle looking thorn that everyone kind of lost their mind on uh, the proto thorn the proto thorn I think wasn't that what mm-hmm. it was described as it was proto thorn that's that was the name on it yeah okay um, 
so, oh my gosh, there's so much information. Anyways, uh, he is the one who has that weapon. So he's obviously a, a crafter, a smith of the weapons of sorrow or something equivalent of that. Um, mm-hmm. And so the entire thing got basically started off with this unknown package of like hive runes carved all over it. It's got like darkness seeping out of it. Uh, a very similar path to creating the the thorn from destiny one we have to purify it we have to sanctify it we have to uh, infuse it with light we have to sully our light to infuse it like there's all this stuff going on very shamanistic stuff by the way it's very actually really interesting um but the entire process it culminates with us hunting down a weapons master and killing him uh which is the ending quest of or it's the it's the mini game quest that everyone either loved or hated with the quick draw feature. Um, I, I had a love hate relationship with that too. Yeah. Uh, in at car. least I didn't Thank have you, the, Dino. In car. At least it didn't have the bug that you did. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I got to play that mission multiple times. Um, but no, so like, uh, and at the, at the end of it, basically you do the mini game in which you draw the last word. Well, at the conclusion of that mini game, you get the actual last word, uh, which it's kind of implied that it's been summoned. And then you get the uh, last letter here, uh, a gift and a touch of gray, which we'll get to here in a second or in a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah um, we've got echoes first. Right. Uh, so a gift and a touch of gray, Shin kind of confirms that the last word, the last word that we have is the last word. It is the actual gun. Um and I'm trying so hard not to go into spin foil mode on yep. the implications on that. Yep. Because there are there are tons of them. Yep. Um, I I'm just like spamming your chat <laughs> like with all the spin foil that is um, all spoilery. But yeah, so because, the last uh, word the last word apparently is actually summoned to us, which you know take take what you will out of that uh is not given to us it is not taken from anybody it is actually called to us and get and it manifests um <laughs> chat what kind of excalibur stuff is this <laughs> i mean don't start me on that particular one because we've had it referred geez. to as a sword um uh-huh. so yeah so that's where that's where that that entire thing is coming from but i mean again i get the feeling that shin and and that's also, to be fair, that's also kind of what seals the deal between Shin and us. Yes. Is when, the, when that because happens, when that happens, he's like, okay, all right. You know, like you, you are obviously, it's, it's like the, uh, it's, uh, it's the equivalent of like a uh, Mjolnir, right? You're, you've mm-hmm. got, you're like the weapons chosen. You are worthy. You, you are worthy to pick it up. Like it's, it's, you know, you're good. You're good. But right now, I get the, from the something new card. I do definitely get the sense that Shin kind of is saying that he he does approach everything or every situation like this. He's like, "Hey, red flags are raising. Mm-hmm. What what's the deal here?" And you know, he's also just kind of honest. He's like, "But they tend to not really care. They they tend to draw, and you know, when when weapons are drawn, he's he's very he's very drifter like in that sense." You know, Drifter has the uh, comment about when they're, I think it's from the Ancient Apocalypse armor sets. Uh, he talks about how, you know, he told he told the guys that they were stuck on the ice planet with the monoliths. They drew, one of the guys drew on him and he said, you know, put it away. If you draw on me again, I'm killing all of you. 
And he said, you know, that he made a comment about he doesn't often speak plain, but every now and then he does and they listen. And then Mm -hmm. that's exactly that's exactly what happened is then the light left and they were stuck on that planet. And they all they're all like completely schizo at that point. Um, And they all thought each person they they thought everyone else had betrayed them. And so they all drew on each other and Drifter was the only one who walked away. So I kind of get a similar vibe between Shin and Drifter for for this particular aspect is like he doesn't necessarily want to, but he will. And he's also really good at it if he has to. Right. There are a lot of similarities between those two. A lot of not similarities, too. Like, they're not the same person. Don't get me wrong. They're not the same person at all. But Oh, no, 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 no. I remember how that was a that was a spinfoil <laughs> for a while. I mean, that Drifter was... was Shin. So echoes. Yeah. Like, going I on. I can't I can't respond to that. I know. I know. <laughs> That's a trap. <laughs> It's it's such a trap. All right. Echoes followed by silence. I've done my best to offer myself as a voice of reason as you've continued down this road. I have few facts to offer you, only experience, the truth of my being. But here's another truth. I've told you very little that is new. Every word, every question, each time I've implored you to reflect, I was nudging you down a path you had already chosen. To consider your actions is at the core of you. I have seen it. I've heard it. In the words of your fellow guardians as they recount your feats, your courage, your selflessness, you may tread the razor's edge of damnation, but you are, at your very heart, a just and noble warrior. If I played any hand in expanding your consideration of the people and worlds around you, if I've helped you take better stock of all you are and all you are capable of becoming, so be it. But it was all, all of it, already inside of you. This isn't a pep talk. This isn't a signal boost for your hero's ego. I'm just saying this because I know you do not know. I know things you do not know from experience. Right now, I I imagine you are questioning your true nature. Who is this renegade to define me? My thoughts, my actions. Could be you've been warned about me. Could be maybe you're a little scared. After all, the man with the golden gun doesn't play well with others. I leave all that nonsense to you. But by way of a quick word in defense of my intentions, if they were anything but in your best interest, this conversation would have been had with lead, not words. And it would have been your last. And while you have dark thoughts and are no saint, we are all far from pure. It is not the lack of sin that makes the best of us. It's that the best of us feel the weight of our deeds and do not succumb to the weight of t- to temptation. And I know something you don't know, a secret. The hows and whys don't matter. And that's an understanding for another day. But know this. I know, I know, I know, I know. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm reading this and also cringing, <laughs> knowing what's further down the road. Um, when you are at your lowest, when hope has faded and you're all alone in the world inside your head, when the odds are stacked and despair has taken hold, remember your fire. It's always there. Once sparked, once the anger, once fear has lit the fuse, the flame will remain always a beacon signaling to eternity that you are here and you will stand no matter the obstacle. And in the end, if you so choose, it won't be whispers and shadows that save you. That corruption seeks only to abuse. No, 
It will be your first loud words and your enemy's last. Don't question the moment. This is my only best advice. Take hold, speak clearly. The echoes followed by silence will tell the tale. And the last word will ever be yours. Shit. Uh, oh, there's so much to talk it. about that we can't. I know. It's just like, uh. So you were saying that the first one was your favorite card. This is actually this one. This one's also really good. This one, I like the fact that he is, that this one is a acknowledgement of something that he sees within us. Mm-hmm. Not just the inklings of it, but the actual acknowledgement of, I see who you are. I see past the 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 hero, quote unquote, the the mask per se. But do you see it? Can you see past your own right. your own mask? Mm-hmm. Again, it's that it's that Socratic method, you know, te- teaching a man how to fish, not giving a man a fish. You know, kind of mm-hmm. showing showing you what is going on, and it, it's that it's you know. I think the other thing here is like, you know, I go back to the last word entry, actually, uh, which Mm -hmm. will lead to our next the next entry. But the flavor text is seriously one of my favorite ones. And it's yours until the last flame dies and all words have been spoken. Mm -hmm. Um, And that ties into right here is like, you know, your his 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 advice at the end. Take hold. Speak clearly. The echoes followed by silence will tell the tale and the last word will ever be yours. You know, it, it's that again, tons of foreshadowing. Um, yes, but this this entry really also goes to show again. You know, this is something that's worth taking out of game. This is something mm-hmm. that's worth taking to heart in reality as well. Because I think go for it. It was like my favorite little mini paragraph in here is the the one where it, and where you have dark and while yes. you have dark yes. thoughts and are no saint. We are all far far from pure. It's not the lack of sin that makes the best of us. It is the best. It is that it's that the best of us feel the weight of our deeds and do not succumb to the weight to temptation. Yep. Yep. Best line in the whole card. Yeah. By far. I mean, I I'm, I'm hard pressed to, to say any of them are because it, this entire card, I can't, I'll be completely honest. I can't read with, with, with not getting a shiver. Um, this mm-hmm. card, this card really does actually speak to me personally on a number of different levels, uh, for a number of different reasons. And I think that I imagine that that is probably not a unique experience. Uh, but I think that from what I, what I have experienced in my life, this card has a lot of information that can be taken and used in reality. And it's also, again, this whole theme in this book is, the consequence of your actions, making decisions and and understanding that, yeah, again, you know, I said this kind of earlier. Yeah, you have the right to make a decision, but you know what comes with that right? The responsibility to deal with the consequences of that decision. And the consequences here that he's describing is 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 the the hope, right? It's the hope that he, he that he was told was a lie. He's it's the hope that our guardian, you know, our reflection of self is what sets us apart from those who have come before us. Maybe now, Ingrid, you, you know, you kind of mentioned, you know, what is it that sets us? Why why is it us that gets set apart? You know, and all that. Those are all valid questions. But it, but at the end of the day, too, the understanding here is that it is that that is that whatever that. That is that that kernel of difference, that uniqueness, um, you know, that special spark, as our our ghost would love to say, and 
Dredge and Yor would love to point out that everyone who's special is not special. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's that it's that spark. It's that that uniqueness that is what's setting us apart from the others who have come before us on Shadow's Road, who have come down this path, who have fallen away, you know, who have fallen into darkness, and who Shin who Shin has probably been the ones who had ended. You know, they, they, you know, he, and, and he doesn't really mince words. You know, he says right here, it's not for the lack or it's uh sorry, what was it? It's if this was, if this was anything, if this conversation wasn't in your best interest, it would have been happy mm-hmm. with lead, not words. I'm like, yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty clear. Like he's like, nah, mm-hmm. the reason I'm still talking to you is because there is hope for you because if there wasn't hope for you, I'd already shot you. Like, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like there, there's no really doubt there. And so I I really like the fact that, you know, this this is setting it's, it's setting it's up setting up so it's much setting up so much. Uh, that's not not just for us. Um, right. It's, it's it's for other people. And and so like redemption is a really big thing i'm just i'm gonna stop talking yep you you need to we need to move to the last card before you spoil it (laughs) it's such a good all right so a gift and a touch of gray this is the conclusion and this is this is the one where i was saying okay this is after so this is after we have summoned the last word Yes. And so this is where Shin's kind of like, oh, hey, yo, look, Mjolnir chose you. Um, so a gift and a touch of gray. The gun came to you. How does it feel in your grip? Few can light its fire, but any reborn of the light can call its name. That's a secret I'm bound to hold. Just know you've earned it and you've earned it true. The cannon you hold is yours, but it is no replica. It is a gift from a friend. I've hunted agents of the darkness for longer than I care to recount. From childhood to now, not constant, not always, but anymore is, it's what defines me. My drive has long been clear. Seek the shadow, and your future is forfeit. Seek the dark, and I will end you. It's not personal. Not anymore, though it surely started that way and stayed as such until one day on a lonely ridge. By now you've heard the story, the ballad of Jaron Ward and his last word, and of Dredgen Yor and Palamon, Durga, Velar, North Channel of Thalor and Pahanin, of our hunt and Jaren's death, of Dwindler's Ridge and my final showdown with the man who would be a monster. It's a long tale, nothing I'm interested in revisiting. Not now, not anymore. Them chapters are old. We're writing a new one, you and I. A final act for me, an unexpected beginning for you. My life has always been about absolutes. There is light, and there is dark. And I've made my purpose to defend against the whispered corruption of the shadow's calling. I've seen no middle ground, though... Maybe I've always known it exists. I've also seen many heroes tempt that sinister fate and the dire consequences born of their ignorance, pride, selfishness. I've put many down, more than anyone knows, more than I'll ever confess. Seeing you, watching you, I don't feel I was wrong in my actions, but I now know I was wrong in my core assumption, my core belief. To me, there was only ever white and black, good and evil. In you... I see blinding light. I see a hero among heroes. I see the hope you inspire shining through. But I also see, for the first time, maybe, maybe, just maybe, a little bit of gray. And with it, an end to last rites and final words. Shen. I love it. It's, uh, 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 here's a question, and it's not a spoiler because this card is full of spoilers as well as far as future stuff going on. But the 
it's a the canon you hold is yours, but it's no replica. It's a gift from a friend. Um, that very last line of the first paragraph, the it's a gift from a friend has kind of always thrown me a little bit. If we're summoning it, who's the friend? Because there's no clear indication of who sent, like if we, if it was sent, if we're summoning it ourselves, technically there was, it was not a gift. We, called it unless it's like the excalibur and there's the lady of the lake and somehow the i mean uh, spin foily mm, kind of stuff i have but... an answer i have an answer for you mm-hmm. yeah do you it's is it not is it spoiler I, mm, um i i the the fr- uh, should we um the phrase is not the first time we have heard that phrase and it's okay. also in relation. It, it kind of okay. So this kind of dovetails into a bit of a spin foil about the last word. Um, I'll just kind of preface it with that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to also say there, there, there might unintentionally be a minor spoiler-ish conclusion that you can be drawn from this statement. So if you don't want to listen to that, uh, that's that's warning. Mm-hmm. Um, you see this mentioned by Dredgen Yor. When he, after he's killed Jaren, he gives the last word back to Jaren's ghost with the command to give it to Shin as a gift. Right now, he he does, yeah, give get sword, give which yeah, which it's, it's, and that goes that ties gift. back into the the sword comment yeah. about last word being Excalibur. Um, now the interesting mm-hmm. thing for me with the the allusion to the the Excalibur, um, Excalibur. <clears throat> So Excalibur as a sword uh, was, you know, the, you know, obviously the legendary sword of King Arthur, um, you know, it's, it's supposedly got the magical properties. Uh, one of its properties was that it was annoyingly accurate. Like it was like a freaking magical boomerang uh, in a way. But the other thing mm-hmm. about it was that Excalibur was also uh, related to other weapons. Um, so there, there were, oh gosh, I just blanked on it's, uh, Excalibur. I want to say it was like Excalibur. Jo- oh man. I just completely, bl- they're basically, they're, they were crafted from all of the same metal and I feel terrible that I just completely blanked on that one. But there, there are two other swords basically, uh, Roland, I think uh, it's Roland had I'll one. I'll keep and, looking uh, while you're doing that. I just blanked. I'm so mad at myself for being on that that particular thing. Um, but anyways, so Excalibur was it has the same kind of component here uh, in that sense that like when it gets when it gets summoned or called, it will usually show up. Um, at least if if it's by its owner, right? It's it's like if Arthur was able to supposedly summon it to a degree. Um, of course, uh, Cal- well, Caliburn was Caliburn? The other was another name for Excalibur. Um, Caliburn was, uh, okay. was the derived from the Welsh name, of, um, called, called Vinch, I think I want to say. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's Caliburn okay. was, uh, yeah, Caliburn was Excalibur. I want to say it was like joy use and I, I want to say okay. Durandel, but I don't think it was Durandel. <laughs> Durandel was a sword, but I can't remember if Durandel was related okay. to. 
now I, all well, I have is well, Marathon okay. in my head. That Thank you. That being said, that, that is, that is there, you have Cortana, yeah, you I, have Durandell, you have Joyuse, you have Excalibur. All those are, all of mm-hmm. those are um, connected in a way. Um, now, there are arguments that, uh, and I see chats talking about it right now, Caliber was the sword in the stone. Um, whereas Excalibur was the lady in the lake. So there's, there's arguments that those are different. Uh, there's arguments that they're the same. I mean, it's sadly, it's, it is actually one of the problems of oral traditions. Uh, uh, but so, yeah, like, I mean, so basically, um, you, either way that's both, both, if they are different, what different swords, they both were, uh, associated with King Arthur. Um, I don't know where I was going. Oh, so like it's it's the the comment of a gift from a friend is also that's not the first time that we've seen that in mm-hmm. relation to the last word, which kind of kind of goes into this whole kind of spin foil of mine about this conflict that's going on between the last word and Thorn because it starts it starts kind of getting to the right. point where it's almost as if the weapons are in a battle with each other and we're just wielders. Like we're just we're just the pawns that are wielding them. That's not we're not the actual ones fighting, which is really weird for me to kind of. I know that's mm-hmm. a weird concept, but it's it's like we are the we are the avatars of the weapons in a way. And you and the reason I keep mm-hmm. seeing and the reason this keeps just coming in my head is because every time we see the last word, thorn pops up. Every time we see thorn the last word pops up like it's just and it's constantly like a yin yang situation now this is just you know like i said this is just my brain kind of going into hyperdrive there but it wouldn't also it would not be the first time that we've seen weapons with sentience uh even in destiny we have you know weapon usually it's ai but i mean we do have the uh edelin Mm -hmm. alloy or edelin ally uh which would eventually become the necrochasm that did have technically a sense of sentience to it. Uh, we were constantly feeding that weapon. That was the entire. That was a Destiny One uh, auto rifle, which was absolutely atrocious. atrocious. But um, the entire concept of that that evolution of that weapon was us feeding it light, feeding it you know kills and all that. And that weapon actually was called out as a friend. You know, our ghost didn't trust it, but you know, our it wanted to be our friend basically. And so, and that good, that weapon did not have mm-hmm. an AI. That weapon was found very annoyingly found uh, through rare drops by killing Hive. So there, there is, there is precedence of having a weapon from the Hive that has a degree of sentience. Um, now it also goes into what a weapon of sorrow is, which we kind of get confirmation for in future entries with Thorn. Uh, and that kind of mm-hmm. confirms what one of my theories about what the weapons of sorrow were. But when we'll talk about that, probably when we get to uh, for every thorn a ro- or for every rose a thorn. Uh, so if you're listening uh, to this and the poll is still up, please vote for that so we can get to it sooner. So we don't have to keep dancing around some of this yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah. Black flag Shout says that. The, yeah, like the guns are like in this eternal dance with each other. Like the, I mean, I, I can't help but read like the whole saga as it's not about the guardians. It's about the guns. And, and that might. Which is ironic because the guns 
the thing that as far as the history of Thorn, or at least the legend of Thorn, I want to know if the legend of Rezalazir is accurate. And I don't think there's any way for us to exactly know that is 100% how it came to be with the, uh, oh, what was it called? The, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. bride. Uh, right. Zior. It was Rose, but the Zior, the, the bridegroom or yeah. So you, where you kill him oh, yeah, or yeah, like sorry, where yeah, Rizzo yeah, killed her. him yeah, and then you killed, you killed the shard. knight and then the knight he grafts onto Rose and then yes. that's what starts the transformation mm-hmm. and, and eventually he continuously grafts trophies of kills onto Rose and eventually Pieces. Rose becomes jagged mm-hmm. with thorns and that's kind of the description of thorn or that was the description of thorns appearance now there is also a bit Oh gosh, man! Yeah, when when we talk about when we get to every rose of thorn, there's other things that are described about Dredgen Yor that explain how thorn could that could be the original thorn. I don't have a doubt in my mind that that is the original thorn. But the grafting of hive bones onto it is not the only thing that was being grafted into it. Um, and there's and there is a there is a right. very clear reason why. Thorn is as powerful as it is when it was held by Dredgen and why it's called out as being a shadow of itself when it's held by other people. Like there so Thorn Thorn arguably was only a part of that that particular weapon. It was a weapon set. If Dredgen if if Yor was not holding Thorn, mm-hmm. that weapon set I I kind of see as not being a complete thing. But when they were together, when they had the when Thorn and Yor were in sync, that's that gets explained in in for every rose of thorn. Um, that is, yeah, that mm-hmm. that whole background of that reasoning why things happened the way they did with the the showdown of Palamon or the showdown of Dwindler's Ridge gets explained in that book, and it's actually really cool. I, I really like the explanation of 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 why Shin why Shin walked away and Jaren didn't. I let me put it that way. Wrestle your your No 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 because it also explains because that's what I mean is it explains why Shin won the gunfight. Right. And Jaren and did Jaren not. did not. There's there is a there is a key difference in what was going on there and that gets explained mm-hmm. in that book. Um and then yes it also does I I'm I'm both happy and sad that I was kind of sort of correct on the whole gunfight scenario with those yeah. two. Um, but I, I, oh my God. Yeah. I love, I love the, the more information we get about this particular series. Uh, this is, this is still one of my favorite stories of destiny. Yes. I actually am more drawn to this story now that we've gotten actually almost at the end of it because the, it's gone more in depth, the further Mm -hmm. we've gone into it, because it's not just the overarching, um, light versus dark good guy versus bad guy western story anymore yep. uh, and it's it's also continuing that tradition of the the way it's getting delivered yes you know i, I, I really like I really it. like that i love the way that they're delivering that part this particular story which we we've said that before right 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 you know it's so hard not to just jump into the spoilers because <laughs> dear god this book I challenge. Okay, so here's what I would challenge any of our listeners to do: after we go through and do for 
Every Rose a Thorn, come back and listen to this one. Or go and read this book in particular. Because you will see so much more after it's the hindsight is 2020. You will see so much more in this book than what we can describe to you right now because we're trying to avoid spoiling this that next book. Because the next book there's so much. It's just like, ah, I can't just these lines. I, I'm just seeing them now rereading this. It's like, oh, I want to talk about it, but I can't. <laughs> and it's both a brilliant, brilliant aspect of the writers and how they wrote this book in particular. Because when I first read this book, you get hints, you get inklings, you get that feeling at the back of your neck, just itching that, okay. You kind of see where this is going, but you're not sure because it's never definitive. And there's just just enough to make you start believing one thing, but nothing that can be conclusive. And then once you get to the next book and things are cleared up and you go back and read this and it's all just slapping in you in the face back and forth (laughs) so much. Like this card here at the end, and I'm, I'm looking at the... Second sentence of the second paragraph, my drive has been long or has, has long been clear. Seek the shadow and your future is forfeit. Seek the dark and I will end you. It's like, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. You're a jerk. And by a jerk, I mean, I love you. And that's exactly what I put on Twitter. I both hate and love the writers right now because I see what they've been doing. It's good. Ah, that's what it was. Joy use Excalibur and Durndell. Those are the weapon or the swords of power. That would that makes more sense because Joyus is joy. Excalibur is mm-hmm. like cutting, and then it cuts steel. And then Durandel, I think, is defense. I think. I think that. Uh, but yeah, so like they they're 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 all sibling weapons of power. I don't know. It's weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's the ones that I was thinking of. Joyus is uh, Joyus and Durandel are mentioned in the Song of Roland. And the ch- the chance of Roland, I believe, uh, and then Excalibur is obviously you know King Arthur. But yes, your Durandel is that's got Durandel's got its own like really cool. Uh, Durandel means hard. That's what. It, um. Uh. So it's like the joy use is the joy. Excalibur is the attacking, the cut steel, and then Durandel's like the defense and the enduring uh, hard weapon. Um, so yeah, that's the, the three stones of power, basically. Yeah. Dino and chat tank DPS and support. <laughs> yep. So sorry. I was, I was like, I'm like, I know that these, these swords are related. Oh man. Okay. All right. I can, so, I can, I can close off the, sh- the chat now. <laughs> I was thinking, can we close off the recording so we can talk about all the freaking spoilers yeah, that we do, can't record? Let's do, yeah, let's do a shout out real quick, uh, and then we can, we can chat about the spoilers. Uh, to those who are still listening to the audio file, if you want to hear the conversation about the spoilers, um, we will have this loaded up on YouTube as the unedited behind the scenes version. So just, you know, if you want to hear what we're going to say uh. after the cutting, that is going to be there. So, or if you don't want to listen to it, that's your fair warning not to go listen to it yet. Right. So Green, what shout outs do you have? Uh, shout outs to anybody out there who's a first time home- homeowner. Now, um, shout outs to the writing team because 
the stuff that dropped in particular this last week and the design of this quest for Thorn and the just the design in general that has been coming out, I'm I'm more excited about reading the lore and playing the game than I have been in a while, which granted I have been pretty steadfast in playing and pretty steadfast in reading my lore, but it's, I've got that itch. I've got that itch again. And it's, it's great to have that itch again and be able to be like, I want to dig through every single one of these books and find out what in the world is going on because stolen intelligences is still driving me a little up the wall. foreshadowing for next week please join us in the live chat so you can hear me rage all next week about this oh oh man yeah they've done an amazing job they they have i'm i'm really getting back into it um as well and i mean again i i know i said this at the beginning but a big big thank you to those who have taken the time to review you know the the spreadsheet that i put together um I just I appreciate it. It just helps, you know, make sure that these are accurate. Um, the other thing is, you know, a big shout out to just everyone who is just doing, you know, just being in our chat. You know, that's that's I know we say that pretty often, but it it also helps when you when we see other people who are just as excited about stuff as we are about these things. So big, big thank you to to you guys taking the time out of your day for either jumping in live chat, you know, live chat right now or in our discord server or even on Twitter. Uh, we just really appreciate you guys taking the time to to include us in in doing something that you're passionate about because that's just that's more than what we what we can ask we really appreciate Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. um but yeah with that we'll just uh, wrap up and then we'll stay for a bit of bit of an after show with that we'll begin to wrap the chat up thank you again to those over on twitch for coming to spend your evening with us if you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focused fire chat links to all our episode archives can also be found at www.focusfirechat.com please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on itunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all the amazing work being featured over on thelorenetwork.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.